Hey everyone, this is Like Trees Walking. I am the tree and I am walking. No, this is Michael J. Nelson. Um, This is the podcast where we talk about the big important issues of life. I should mention right now that I am joined in studio. Oh, live studio guest. (laughs) Bye. David Berge, Pastor David Berge. That's David, right. how are you? I'm I'm doing well today, thank you. Enjoying a fine seltzer. You mentioned before this that you were at above seventy percent. Oh yeah, three seventy five percent. Which that feels like a C, C for some people. I feel like that's strong. That that's great strong. great inflation. Does anyone ever hit a hundred percent? I have never hit a hundred percent. I mean, just where you're like, I you feel can, fine. You can assume it's there. Maybe people who do like. Uh, you know, heroin shots, and then they, they're like, I'm at 110, but and then they're down to one percent, yeah, yes. so it's not recommended. But I, you know, I said that to someone the other day. I said, What, uh, because it was a person I was concerned about, and I said, How how you doing? What, you know, what's your what are you at on a scale of one to ten? And he went, What, what do you mean? He was not aware of the scale. And I said, scale of one to ten how are you feeling i'm just asking how you are and he got angry at that so i made his this person day was worse probably by... not they probably weren't <laughs> so at a very probably, high level he was probably at a three anyway like trees walking this podcast to which you are to which to wit to that you are now listening to is where we talk about sort of big issues of life um life death the afterlife epistemology which we'll get into later um Truth, uh, ethics, religion, morals, we do it from a Christian perspective, but we are happy to have all people who have many, many different viewpoints listen to us because we're all wrestling with the same topics. And so we usually do a big, we wrestle with a big topic, we give it a little, we brush it up and down, we we play with it, we toss it back and forth like an improv ball, and then we do something else. And, and... <laughs> yes, and... My favorite uh, episode of The Office was where Michael Scott is uh, doing an improv class, and he, in every sketch he has a gun, and he, and he kills the person that he's doing improv with. They're like, don't do it, Michael, don't do it, don't do it, and then he's always sticking up the guy, and he's doing improv. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so that's what we do here. Um, but so we have a uh, we have a fun second half. I have a stunning, stunning bit of mm. uh, Michael J. Nelson failure of my memory and my and truth. I'm rocked, I and I and I need to the your pastor core. To, yeah, I'm rocked to my core, and I need to confess it to our audience, and I also wow. need to confess it to our pastor. Wow! And I need you to make sense of it. So I'm going to surprise you with that a little later. This is a re- this is like a pastoral care visit that's going to be taking place on it's going to be like but it's going to be more wacky than that Ooh, it's going to be zany. like it's a pastoral care but there are monkeys in the room and so it's going to be like oh get those monkeys out of here and also how are you doing my-? no it's it's going to be fun <laughs> i can't trust wait. me it's it's interesting in a way that uh but it's also shocking mike but, i before we jump into the topic yes i was just listening to your other podcast today uh uh, um, <laughs> and uh, 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 and uh, character. But so now both Connor Lestoka, your co-host of yeah, the, the yeah, three yeah, yeah. we've both had the same experience in doing podcasts with you. We've both been for the first time in our lives noted, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, we've both been referred to as middle aged. I did note. I noted. <laughs> did that you note know that when he said it? I like, did. Like, I did. 
And I was like, oh, Connor, I've had that exact same experience. Now, Connor is a little bit older than I am. I mean, like a year and a half probably or something like that. And and when you get to your age, you start counting those things. Yes. You know, when you're my age, you're like, well, I don't know. He's my age. He's like 70. Uh. <laughs> but uh, but because um, someone was recommending the other pod to someone on Twitter, he said, and, and they referred to him as <laughs> probably they said like, yeah, I mean, it's two middle aged white guys or whatever. And someone did that in a review here. I mean, you know, sometimes when they talk about stuff, I'm aware that I'm listening to two middle aged white guys. It's like. Wow, I get it's true. Own it. And you said, you know, it's just because we're associated with you who are right, right. solidly a middle aged white male. But I, I always thought I was like, like sort of like young, but it's my. Uh, it doesn't last long. The bloom is off the rose, it buddy. It is for sure. For but can sure. I can I say something about the? And I don't I don't want to stir up a contemporary. You know, I don't want to poke a hornet's nest. But what is this thing where we're now just calling? You know, he's a white guy or there's a white person. I thought we were, I don't don't like that. All right. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, okay. But what does that mean exactly? Uh, I don't uh, don't like things that make it just too easy to summarily dismiss someone. So uh, factually, uh, within our cultural context, I am a, I am just a white, I am a white guy, but it's just a, or sort of like a, um, that I, I am more interesting than that, right? Maybe life's rich, <laughs> life's well, rich tapper. I'm not necessarily that more interesting, but you don't know everything there is to know about me yes. by just saying like that. that he's gets... a white guy. Like it's it, it's it. It seems like it's too easy to bracket someone up off or dismiss them by just sort of slapping that label on someone. That's well, like oh, using it as a diminutive. It is a diminutive. Is kind of dangerous, isn't it? We should we we shouldn't be doing anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. But I'm just saying I've noted that that I've been referred to that like, okay, accurate, but why? I, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point being, we have a more important topic to talk about. We do. I have a I've requested permission to rant. Yes. And I love your rants and uh it's been a little bit overdue. I think it's it been, is and it's this been is... two shows since you've ranted at least. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get down to it. So introduce it and rant. All right. Pastor Dave Berge. Go. So I'm this is uh doesn't need much caveats. I'm just gonna jump right into it. So one of the more interesting things I'd say is when uh you know, it's always it's political season. It's always upon us. Now here it seems in the United States of America. It's perpetually, yep, yep. You know, we're in perpetual election season. And so I always find it in, interesting when the candidates they release their tax returns. Well, unless you're the president of the United States, then you never do that. But um uh and so you release your tax returns and part of that is like you show how much you make, but then they always talk about how much these candidates give to charitable causes. Mm-hmm. And this to me is like, I love it because it's revelatory and it's where the rubber meets the road. And it's where you basically get to decide because politicians, they're always, they're pandering, you know, they're, 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 they're out there, uh, you know, pandering for your vote. And so they want to put themselves forward in the best light possible. Of course, that makes sense that these are, they're relatable, they're good, they're smart, they have great policies, you know, they're compassionate, they care about us. They'd have a beer with you. Yeah, they'd they eat a hamburger at yeah. whatever lunch stand you go to. Exactly. You know, b- b- get next to you in the booth in the diner. You know, I mean, like, like, and so, um, and so I just say, you know, let's, let's cut through the BS. And so this cold, hard data is one of the places where it cuts through the BS. And I'm especially interested in candidates who uh, claim like a strong religious identity, or they try to like appeal to that as a part of their appeal appeal to the voting populace, and um, so when they release their tax returns, you get to see how much 
you know, if this person says, well, faith, my faith is very important to me, you often hear politicians talking about this, you know, my, 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 my faith matters so much to me, it's informed my worldview. And this is on the left and the right. Now, um, I mean, certainly the right wing of the political spectrum is a lot more like, I think, explicitly religious, or if you look at that voting coalition, it's much more like religiously active, particularly Christian, you know, the, the, the left is a, is a uh, more diverse coalition. I mean, you certainly have like African-Americans who are highly more religious than average and, and highly involved, but you also have on the left, like lots of folks who are, you know, uh, no religious affiliation or don't go to a church or aren't, you know, aren't Christian. Like it's like the left coalition is a lot like less a lot more nuns. A lot more nuns, nuns and duns yeah. in the uh, in the, in the left than the right. But still, even you know when folks are seeking political office on the left, like uh, so, so far to this point, the person who's gotten you know the nod uh, in my lifetime, uh, my living memory, I don't remember anything about Michael Dukakis. Basically, my like political un- like memory of the world goes back to uh, 1992. I think so. I mean, I was ten years old when that happened. So, well, you, you know. you're middle age. So, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it would extend back that far. Sure. So I remember, like, you know, even if George H. Uh, w. Bush wasn't super religious, like he was Episcopalian, and Bill Clinton was, I think, Methodist. Uh, no, Hillary was. Was oh, he Hillary. Baptist? Oh, yeah. He he probably came up through Baptist. So they went to separate churches. I don't know. I don't know about church attendance. That's also something that fasc- fascinates me. And then there was, you know, George W. Bush, who was famous. He was Methodist. He was Methodist, famously religious. Barack Obama, you know, and yeah, United Church of Christ. Jeremiah Wright. Jeremiah Wright. Mitt Romney. Mormon, you know, running against Obama. So very extremely religious person. And then in our last election, we had Hillary Clinton, you know, Methodist. She talked a lot about that. Uh, Donald Trump would probably be the candidate who's like the least sort of explicitly religious. He went to the, I think, the Mar- like collegiate Presbyterian church and occasionally in New York. That's actually where he met Marla Maples was in church. Oh, really? Yes. I yes. did not know that. Yeah. So his mistress he met in in church. What a wonderful story. That was a nice endorsement for uh, come to. Uh, should we do that for your <laughs> our church? For our church? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you never know who you're going to meet, you know? <laughs> eh, eh, eh. But anyways, all that to say, candidates are are frequently wrapping themselves in religion. But when they release their tax returns, we get to see because one of the and they're all they're all Christians, far. I mean, except for like you know, Bernie is uh, is a, kind of a secular Jewish guy. But beyond that, like everyone else is claiming some sort of religious mantle, and so uh, part of any part of the Christian faith, at least, is this concept of tithing or of, of, of being generous. So tithing yeah. means a tenth, ten percent. But at the very least, if you're a serious Christian, you understand that you should be giving some significant portion of your income towards charitable causes, the church and other things. And these tax returns. So you now you have data points that you are going to share with I us. have data points. And so what I'm saying is, is don't listen to these people when they tell you how important religion is to them. Like, don't just listen to them. Also look at the data points, which would go into supporting that. Now, what would go into support that? I think church attendance would obviously be one. Church attendance beyond even church membership. I mean, any schlub can go join some church that they never go to. You know I mean? Just sort of, it's like an important thing to do. That I think that carries some social capital in certain places or can help you politically. You know, if you belong to, you know, First Presbyterian Church or First Baptist Church of XYZ City. It's like, I'm on the membership rolls. I'm in good standing, like... You know, but does this person actually attend church, and do they actually support their church financially? 
that's super important. So I have an expose. I just want to, I'm so fascinated by this. I'm going to start, should I start with a good example or a bad example? Uh, oh, start with the good. Let's yeah, start we, good. Uh, yeah, because everybody wants to, we, we, we want the dirt and so save the best for last. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start then, I'm going to start on, I'm going to start on the left. Now, he's a candidate for President of the United States, uh, mayor of a major American city. Sure. No, I'm not talking about Mayor Pete. South Bend was mayor of a major American city. South Bend is not a major American city. That's like saying Rochester is a major American city. Give me a break. Burn. Burn on South Bend. (laughs) I mean, I've been to South Bend. It's really... Um, oh come on! Interesting. There's that pizza place. Oh yeah, and, and <laughs> I've never been. I've never been, but I've taken my hands off the wheel on this. It's all you, Pastor. I prefer Elkert, Indiana, to South Bend, <laughs> but that's just personal. But anyways, no, I'm talking about Cory Booker, who would be, you know, Mayor Pete has sort of been put forward as the face. I've, there's been a lot of think pieces recently about is he the face of the uh, religious left in America because he's, you know, very been very critical of the vice president. Um, and explicitly articulated that in kind of a left theological vision. So Mayor Pete's been put forward as a leader of the religious left. But Cory Booker has been ignored. And Cory Booker is sort of a corny person. I'm not going to editorialize too much. but And he's kind of a weird guy. Like, he comes off as very intense, um, very earnest, maybe even over-earnest. And he's always taught, he, but he is another person who explicitly uses a lot of Christian and religious language around the things he's talking about. I did not about. know that, but I, I don't know much about him at all. So you are educating me. Oh, yeah. So, so. Yeah, so Corey is very, you know, when he's talking about kind of his vision for the country and, and kind of what forms his political instincts, he often relates it back to, uh, to Christianity and sort of a progressive version of Christianity. And Cory Booker, in the most recent data that, that he has released, gave 15.2% of his income to charitable causes. Wow. To which I say, Cory Booker, so when Cory Booker talks about how important faith is, not saying whether he's right or he's wrong. Again, folks, I am not, I am not uh, passing judgment in this segment on uh, the wisdom of folks' policy preferences, um, even of their overall political stance, just saying, uh, should we take them seriously when they say that this is super important to them? Does the data, the evidence back that up? This would be one data point to say that Cory Booker, absolutely, 100%. I mean, he's putting his money where his mouth is, big time. 15.2%. That's impressive. Incredibly impressive. So, so Cory Booker, cheers to you for not being, you know, not being a hypocrite. And so I, I take you seriously. Doesn't mean I agree with Cory Booker and the way he articulates that, but he is a person who takes his faith commitment, his Christianity um, seriously. And so he's someone you can engage with on those terms. It's not just a sham or a show. Now I'm contrast- contrasting him with the guy, the great white hope. Mayor Pete, who's been put forward as, as the hope of the religious left. Uh, interestingly, Cory Booker has been ignored in, in that realm. I don't know why, even though he speaks for whatever reason. Cory hasn't had his moment. Mayor Pete has had his moment. Who knows why? But Mayor Pete, you know, the, 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 the rising star of, I mean, NPR even did this thing. Can there be a religious left? They did a whole segment on it, and ref, specifically referencing Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, now he makes less money than Cory Booker, although not that much less. And, and very famously, member of an Episcopalian church in Mayor Pete gave 0.56%. Oh. $750. Oh, he got smoked by Cory Booker. Cory Corey rolled him up and smoked him, man. <laughs> Much like T-Bone, who Cory famously referenced as 
character he met as his time as mayor of New York. But no, no, no. Uh, mayor Pete gave less than $1,000 off of an income, I think an adjusted gross income of like 133k. And there's no way to game this, right? Because this is, the, you know, because you're you're fighting the IRS. You're doing everything according to the rules. There's no way to. And all you could say is, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't claim that. I mean, you don't have to claim your charitable deductions. But if you're itemizing your deductions, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. And, and this would be, I think, from the year, tax year 2017 for Mayor Pete. Um, because they upped the part of the tax law. We're not going to get into that. They upped the uh, standard deduction. It's higher, so less, much less people are incentivized to itemize now. If they, But most politicians are rich enough that they itemize because they can't take the... Yeah. Or it would make sense if they actually did give money to not take the standard deduction. But Mayor Pete, in the last year where he did not take the standard deduction on an income of $133,000, gave $750 and like $50 to charity, which is 0.56% of his income. Oh, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, uh, we call him that because no one can pronounce his last name. It's right? Maltese. It's What it, is it? The way he, it's like boot edge edge. That's how he says to pronounce it. Which boot is not, edge edge? Yeah, and boot edge edge. It, it, it just. Oh. I've said boot edge edge. That's disqualifying. It's, it's too someone, hard to say. Someone uh, at a recent gathering was talking about him and was using his last name. And saw my blank expression was like, boy, you really are out of it, aren't you? You don't know Mayor Pete? And I go, oh, Mayor Pete? Yeah. Who are you talking about? <laughs> I've never tried but to I say think. that out loud. I have no idea who that is. And and and, and just so, and, and I don't want folks to get the wrong impression. I'm not hating on Mayor Pete because he's a Democrat and like, because you folks don't know how I vote, all right? You don't follow me into that voting booth. You might be surprised. But, you, you lose your uh, tax-exempt status immediately if you say anything. In this, yeah, uh, I'm not doing any endorsing. Yeah, Although, actually, not. I do I actually do think that's dumb. Like, I would never endorse candidates from the pulpit. But the uh, where that came about, the what is it, the Johnson Amendment or something yeah. like that? That was a complete crock. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like the – it's we should <laughs> – that's like – and it – it's never enforced. It's so dumb. It's like it's so dumb. It's like the Logan Act or something. One of those old right, laws right, right. where it's like, get it off the books. Right. And yeah, it would be it would just be bad pastoral practice for me to endorse political candidates from the pulpit. And I don't think it stops anything. But I'm not worried about my tax exempt status. But I, so uh, nothing against Mayor Pete and his policies right. and his political vision. I assume you have a few more names on that list. I do. In order I to- do. But Mayor Pete was he's the one that this got stuck in my craw because I was I had seen an article about this phenomenon, people not giving. And it was before he released his tax returns, and I was so interested to see. I was like, all right, Mayor Pete's been put forward. He is like the he is like the face of the new religious left, not the old religious left, which is just very faithful African-American churchgoers. Um, for whatever reason, you know, yeah. th- they don't make the cut. But Mayor Pete, the new religious left in America, the great white hope of that. I'm like, I want to see, is this guy going to surprise me? I had very low expectations. And he <laughs> even undershot those. <laughs> Oh, but wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. Yes. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe Biden. Uh, Uncle Joe. I'll riding never, that train. I'll never forget shotguns. it. So he, you know, so he ran with, <laughs> smelling that hair, he ran with, he ran with Barack Obama, who, yeah, I can't remember what year he released his tax returns. Maybe it was 2012, whatever. But when, whenever Obama ran, whatever year he did, he made a lot of money, but 22% he had given to charitable causes. Uncle Joe had given like 1%. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it and, and 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 I remember when the story broke that it was actually he had given less than a thousand him and his wife over a ten year period 
had given less, Dr. Jill Biden had given less than a thousand dollars from like, from like Wait, over a 10 year, over a 10 year period total had given less than a thousand dollars to charity. Wow. Less than a thousand dollars. Say it ain't so Uncle Joe. So, you know, when, when Uncle Joe, I mean, and he's so, he's, you know, he's, he's got really good political instincts. You know, he's the kind of guy where it's like, yeah, I have a beer with you. And, you know, I grew up working class in Scranton, Pennsylvania, you know, all that stuff. Which isn't true. You know, it's not true, but, but whatever. Who, who it's cares? a good story. Exactly. It's a, story. It's, it's a nice story. And, and then, and then it's like, you know, when he talks about his Catholicism, like a lot of these uh, politicians do, you know, they'll talk about their Catholicism and like how they, you know, their relationship with the church, but how that kind of, you know, the teachings of the Catholic church, especially their social teachings have informed their perspective on how to treat the poor, the needy, the downtrodden, absolutely. But then you hear Uncle Joe, I sound like I'm talking about Stalin, Uncle Joe, but but Joe Biden has given, like, he gave next to nothing to charity. And he was running for president, and he knew he was going to run for president during this time. He was like a running for president every four years in the cycle. And man, I just go, Joe, I don't take your, your, I don't think you take I don't take that you take your faith seriously at all. If that's all you're going to give is less than 10, less than, not 10 grand, sorry, over a 10 year period, but less than $1,000. Pathetic. Wow. A bit, but I mean, to bring the comparison back, what we, Uncle Joe Stalin, unlike Uncle Joe Stalin, who killed possibly 100 million people. Yes. Joe Biden, 100 million less than that, I think. <laughs> I totally. So we're not, we're not tarring him with that. We're just Did saying. you know that Joseph Stalin was once in a seminary to be an Orthodox priest? Uh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. No. You know the creepiest thing about uh, Uncle Joe Stalin? What? I, I mean, the creepiest thing is that he murdered a hundred million people. Oh, yeah. But the second <laughs> creepiest thing is he would ask his ministers to do the killing, and then they would. there was a special room, and it had a window in the, in the metal door, and they would see a face at it while they were committing Jeez. these atrocities. And it was like, he was like, hee hee. Can't ooh, I gotta see this. Like he didn't want anything to do with it, but he would like peek through the window. Yeah. That is grim and dark. That is a devil from hell. That is horrible. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, another decent example, Elizabeth Warren. I think like five and a half percent of her substantial income to charity. You know, mm-hmm. I, so uh, Elizabeth Warren is doing a lot better than your average American. And I think probably in, a, in her income bracket, she's probably above average for what people give. So Elizabeth Warren is actually doing something, giving something to charity. Now, is there wiggle room in here? Because in her charitable giving, what would what is allowed within that? So some people may hear charitable giving and go, well, one man's charity is another man's. I'd say it could be. So, you know, it could be. I mean, I'm not discriminating. It could be religious causes, could be arts, could be, you know, educational, like right. relief type relief and development or type organizations. But I'm uh, just I'm just raising that point that there's a lot of room to sort of you know these are all things that would still qualify. want to be critical. You can be critical even if they give a lot of money. Oh yeah, absolutely. You could say just, I don't like be, what you get. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. well like yeah. like Mitt Romney I think gave 29 percent of his. Right. You know, substantial wealth away in the year that he ran against Barack Obama. So we're not, we're not being, we're not. He takes his Mormonism very seriously. I'm not a Mormon and I'm not advocating for for Mormonism. That's all all I'm saying. Yes, Yes. exactly. Exactly. But when Mitt Romney says, I'm a serious Mormon. Yeah. I take him at his word. Incredible. You know, Mitt's not messing around. He is a extremely devoted, serious Mormon. I don't agree with his theology at all, but I take him, I take him, his the data backs up his words. That's exactly the point so that we're you making. You do wear magic underwear, but, but 
like that, that, sorry. that has nothing. <laughs> oh, you wear magic underwear? You're Mormon? No, no, it's a separate. No, what, what are you my, talking about? What is Mormon? <laughs> Tell me about that. Uh, Ted Cruz. Yes. Very famously sort of wrapped himself in the cross in the last election, released tax returns. Um, and, you know, he, he was he was making a strong faith appeal. He was the, you know, so-called favorite of uh, the darling of the uh, evangelical community in in the 2016 election. And uh, for the most recent year that they had had records for him, this is from the Desert News, he had given less than 1% of his income. Oh, Ted Pablo Cruz. Come on, man. Yeah, so really? Did, yep. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's a pastoral care. And then he kind of said, well, we're all on different places on our faith journey. And I get it. You know, we got to start somewhere. There's discipleship. There's teaching in this area to get people to grow, for sure. But that's really like if you're gonna lead, if you're gonna lean into your faith bona fides, and then you're not, you're gonna not be a generous person. That does not re- reflect well. That to me just seems like oh, you're kind of using your religion as opposed to actually practicing it and and demonstrating that with the way that you live. And you know. It doesn't take a uh, like the most devoted Christian in the world to understand that giving less than one percent of your income is like not exactly generous. Can I just say that on a practical level, if you know you are running for a major office, how in the this, world are you not larding up your? It's like when this you're, shocks me. No, this shocks <laughs> me. This utterly shocks me. This always utterly shocks me that people don't it's, like. It's like when you're a celebrity and you do uh, you, you do boudoir photos on your phone. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I this is going to be released. How are you not? You know, just be cynical. I don't dump exactly. some money in it and and you know you take it out somewhere else. Exa- <laughs> exactly. No, and this is like uh, like I, I think you know. So uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, the Clintons, they gave away more than ten percent of their income. You know, to charitable causes. And we don't need to get into the the Clinton Foundation or anything like that, you know. But just to say, if you look at the sheer numbers, 10%. She talks about my Methodist faith. That's very important to me. Well, guess what? You know what? There's a data point to back that up for sure. I don't know her church attendance practices at all. But she she was at least aware enough uh, to give away some money, right? Right, right. Um, uh, I think Tim Kaine did the same thing. I'm not going to belabor this. I will just end on two points. And again, this is not saying I agree with these people, what they support, where they go. Just dump it. We're just a data dump. It's a data dump to say, take this person seriously. And I think a lot of people do take this next person seriously. And even if they don't agree with them, they go, well, okay, this guy really believes it. And maybe that scares them or maybe that makes them support him. But the vice president, he was about like 9%. Mike Pence mm-hmm. and his wife were about nine percent or eight percent or something like that of right. of their income. That's a you know that's like in the ballpark of a tithe. You know that's very respectable. That's more than your average American Christian. Again, I'm not endorsing or not endorsing yeah. this person's yeah. position. Just saying, well, okay, he's seen as a very serious type of uh, conservative Christian, and so um, you know, is he a, is he a hypocrite? Well. N- not in this instance. He's his his giving supports the image of himself that he is putting forward. And last, we just don't have enough data for um, our commander-in-chief. Who I, I don't know if he pr- presents himself as a strong Christian. I think sort of as like a, what's the language I hear bandied about in certain circles? Like he's a Cyrus, which, which is basically like he's like the pagan supporter of, right. of, uh, of, uh, of conservative religious causes. Never has released his tax returns. You know, uh, there's been a lot of reporting from David Fahrenthold, I think, at the Washington Post about some of the uh, – 
curious dealings, shall we say, within the uh, Trump uh, Trump uh, Foundation uh, world. And but all I'll say is that when Trump goes to church, sometimes I always know they note this often in the stories that he drops a crisp one hundred dollar bill in the offering plate. Which is wait? Is this like uh, when Tom Cruise would rescue people before his movies or something? Like somehow someone's there to report this. Yep, a crisp one hundred dollar bill. Which is to say, if you're worth like you know, if you're worth a billion dollars or several billion dollars, I mean, who knows? That's like me dropping lint from my pocket. He's not sweeping his house to find the talent that he lost. Is what you're saying? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So they uh, so. Uh, when it comes to any sort of um, religious conviction, which I don't even know how much the president purports to have at all, uh, uh, he seemed just sort of mercenary in his rela- in in his alliances. But I wouldn't take it very. I wouldn't take his convictions that he states in it, as to be a committed follower of Christ. I wouldn't take those very seriously. At all. I I wouldn't. But I don't even know if they've been I, made. I wouldn't take anyone. Yeah, I guess it would be like those. Uh, have you ever seen that you're clicking on an actual news story and then in the sidelines there's like a uh, candid bikini shot of so-and-so? Like, yeah. Oh, and then you see these like crystal clear pictures of someone looking great in the surf. Like, wait, that's a candid? Wow, they were lucky to be there. That, that's what, you know, when he's dropping a crisp 100 in. Wow, there happened to be someone there who saw this crisp 100. But like, that's not even fake. that impressive. That's not even no, that impressive. No, of course not. Of course not. A C note. Like, a, like, it's like your slip. Like, that would be impressive if you maybe slipped it to the valet. He's he's blowing the bugle as he prays a, in the yep, streets. Yep, it's not good. Yep, it's not no. good. So, not. I hope folks see... Uh, to the left and the right. My main opprobrium was directed at Mayor Pete just because, <laughs> just because why does Cory Booker is is walking the talk, man, when it comes to a, uh, like being a really committed progressive Christian? Not an endorsement, but just to say, like, like why is my man Cory not getting attention? Why is my man Cory not getting attention in that lane? And my man Mayor Pete is getting all this attention, and he's not backing it up, man. And why aren't more people bringing that up? Like, Mayor Pete, you say this is so important to you being Episcopalian. This this informs your – this theology informs your view of the world. I think he was even – Mayor Pete was even on, like, Bill Maher. Like, and they were going back and forth about religion and life and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, Bill Maher obviously doesn't believe any of this crap. But Mayor Pete, your life – there's not a lot of evidence there in terms of your giving that you actually really, really, really care about this stuff. Well, we'll stamp the whole episode with not an endorsement, not oh, a. Gosh. It's yeah. We're just you can vote for whoever you want to vote for, but just I mean, please, well, don't vote for like the person who's like got the wait, kill wait. everyone party or something like that. You know what? I'm going to the. I'm caucusing for that tomorrow. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> there was like I think it was a Saturday Night Live sketch once, and it was like all the minor parties debating on CNN, and there was like the female circumcision party and it's like oh gosh like yeah don't for don't vote for them but like or you know or like the nazi party of america or something like that don't vote for them but so you know, no endorsement well i it come after me irs don't vote for the don't vote for the nazi the nazi candidate but oh, like it's dangerous times. i know this is dangerous, dangerous times, times. But, but just when these people say these things don't don't take them uh, from a, from a religious point from of view, a religious point of view. Yes, don't yeah. it, not even trust, but verify verify and then trust. I yeah. would say. Um, All right. And otherwise, they're pandering to you. And listen, we always we have to we are we have to make complicated choices about what decisions we make and what po- political and policy perspectives we support. 
But please, folks, this just annoys me to no end. I'm sorry. And rant. All right. So simple advice. Just look into the this data again. Pull it up um, before you make your decision. Before you, before you pull this up. Before you pull that <laughs> lever, which no one has done in the last forty years. Before, so. <laughs> before you, before you take this, before you take these people's claims at face value about their about their religious convictions, just do a tiny amount of digging. Yep. All right. Makes sense. Look, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with an astonishing confession. On the part of uh, the person speaking right now, I am Michael J. Nelson. This is Pastor Dave Berge on the other microphone. And this is the podcast, Like Trees Walking. And we will be back after a brief interlude. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Like Trees Walking. Um, where we talk about the big topics, some perennial, some, you know, a little more specific to our American context here in the year 2019. But but always, 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 uh, we are looking to engage culture in a, in a thoughtful way and let you eavesdrop in on this conversation um, where Mike and I try to tackle these things and make sense of them. And so we appreciate your support. Uh, we appreciate especially the folks who have taken time out of their days to rate us and review us on iTunes. I don't know if it makes a difference at all in terms of the quote-unquote algorithm, but I know two guys who it does. If the algor- if by the algorithm you mean me and Mike and our pleasure in making this show, then yeah, do it for the algorithm. Uh, and, and so thank you for sharing it. Uh, thank you for your feedback and your encouraging words. We'll get back to the show, but uh, we, we, we do it for you all. We enjoy doing it together. And so uh, Godspeed. Here's to more episodes for us in the future. All right. So we had a good rant. Oh, thanks for the rant, Pastor. You, 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 I don't know. Rant implies rant is a negative. I don't think you ranted. It was a, a good. Was it a Jeremiah? It was. <laughs> oh, that's one of those words. It's hard to use that in public without someone going like, "Come on, man." <laughs> <laughs> with my righteous indignation, a little bit of my righteous indignation. Yeah, um, sure. And you know, and and people can go, "Well, what do you get, Pastor?" Well, just know that it's more than Mayor Pete. <laughs> That's all you need to know, people. <laughs> um, I just realized I at the break I went out and I thought I was drinking a oh it is is it uh, strawberry it is strawberry but I thought it was a soda water but I believe it has a sweetener in it and oh. I, so I was shocked so you you heard it live me being shocked but it does have no calories it has zero oh. sugar but it's a strawberry soda oh this is the lamest thing I've ever I'm sorry I'm anyway sorry That's people that you had to hear that uh, shocking thing anyway. I promised a uh, revelation, and I just want you to react. I'll, I'll just do a okay. brief rundown. I was recently in my hometown of Geneva, Illinois, which is not Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, a common mistake. They're close to each other. One is a very big resort area where there used to be a Playboy mansion or something. In Lake Geneva? Lake Geneva. There was a Playboy mansion in Lake Geneva, uh, Wisconsin? A Playboy club, oh, okay. a, a, well, I think one of the first ones. Um, not that. Uh, this is Geneva, Illinois, St. Charles, Batavia, along the mm-hmm. Fox River. Mm-hmm. I grew up there until I was about 12. I went back uh, recently, uh, had a little nostalgia trip, and I took my wife to a famous spot, the the book company, the Houghton Mifflin Company. Ah, Do you Houghton know this? Mifflin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As, a, as a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And every textbook said the Houghton Mifflin Company. 
We proudly, that was Geneva, Illinois. That's where it is. It's on Fabian Parkway in Geneva, Illinois, or Batavia Avenue. So I went and I took my wife to it and I showed her the building, which is a famous Art Deco building with a top. It's like three stacks. It looks like the Johnson Wax building or something. There's a Frank Lloyd Wright house, not three doors down from there, right? And so she goes, oh, wow. That's uh," And I said, you'll see that little logo in the front of every Houghton Mifflin book. And uh, so when I went to send this to a friend, I'm like, hey, I got back to the Houghton Mifflin company. I looked it up. Not true at all. The Houghton Mifflin Company is there. It's a different building. The The logo is in zero books. She affirmed it too. She's like, oh yes, I know that. It's in the books. Whoa. So stunning. This actually was the, a, a hand lotion company <laughs> called Campana or Campana or something like that. Okay. And it's iconic. You'll, you'll see the build. The building is famous, but I had it wrong. The point being, this is like one of those Berenstain Bear moments yeah, where how I am 100% yeah. certain that this, my teachers told me this, it was a point of pride, and I am 100% wrong, unless Wikipedia and everything on the internet wiped out this thing about Houghton Mifflin. And, it, and anyway, it reminds me of one more thing before you comment. Okay. I have had dozens of people come up to me and say, hey, I was a fan of a show I used to work on, Mystery Science Theater 3000. They'll say I was a fan in the early days when it was called Mystery Science Theater 2000. And I will say, I will say gently, because I've heard it the first time, I, I probably came in a little hot and went, no, it was never called that. <laughs> now I go, you know what? That's funny. That's a common misconception. It was never, it was never called that. And like, And they will say... No, no, you don't remember it because you weren't there, but it was called... <laughs> Back in the... It was just on, you know, KT, KTMA yeah. or whatever. And then it was 2000. And it was, I assure you, it was never... But I then I just dropped the argument. But they will say, no, I have the tapes. I'll show you one of the tapes. And this is obviously 100% false. Yeah. It is not. And so I experienced that. And so, Pastor, epistemologically, how can I trust anything that I know when that thing I was so wrong about? How, what, what happened? What's going on here? Mike, uh, <laughs> that's very hard. I mean, yeah, it, we're probably in a simulation. No, I, I, that's I mean, right. You know, Remember, it's we, like, we denied that before. We I are. Can't, I can't, you have no trustworthy ground for any of your knowledge that you have. It, it's lies built upon lies built upon lies. No, it's a, it's a disturbing uh, thing when something that you've held for so long and you've thought was so true. It is just so wrong. But, you know, I think the good news is, for you at least, you're not impervious to evidence, right? You, you, you That's true. were shown I, different data, and you had to change your mind based on that. That's part of being a human being, right? We are fallible, finite, you know? And uh, we, who knows how we form certain ideas in our head, but the beautiful thing is that with, our, with these minds, we can change them. And, and also... Don't you think, I, I thought afterwards, trying to pick up the pieces of my shattered memory and ego and everything. I mean, I had no ego into the fact that mm-hmm. Houghton Mifflin was in my town, which it is. It's there, but it's a sad loading dock. It doesn't look anything like <laughs> this, They put the loading dock building. in the book. Uh, is that we, we can, 
we can be sure of our own thoughts. Yeah. And and they just maybe occasionally need some updating. <laughs> and, you know, the big sweeping, uh, the extremely highly important things, you're completely right on. You did grow up in Geneva, Illinois. <laughs> That's true. Houghton Mifflin is located in Geneva, Illinois. They are a textbook company. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's true. just some certain little some yeah. bug got thrown in there. So it shouldn't throw all your knowledge, just certain specifics related to it. But the overall grand sweeping picture of your childhood and the specifics about your town, they're all they're 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 still there and you can trust those. And and we were just talking off air that you know you you were able to spot one of your childhood homes like that you hadn't been to in in decades and decades Since and decades. I was 4 years old and, and it was I like, spotted it and I recognized it and uh I was telling the pastor off air that the the guy the home that I grew up in when I moved out of when I was four the guy who bought it was in the home and he came out that I'm is not just kidding. amazing and he shook my hand and said oh you know yeah that's so funny that you grew up here this old guy and then my second home so well, I was you know four and a half when I moved into I recognized that I was able to drive immediately to it well, you don't drive when you're five no, and yet no, I was able no, to drive no. to like, it direct yourself yeah, there. it's amazing yeah. so it was, it was really stunning that 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 somewhere in the this gel in the middle of my skull is this how is that there it's so bizarre that that knowledge that exists and you you see it again and you go yeah that's it yeah of course that's it's, it's amazing it is truly amazing so anyway the fact that you get some things wrong like the Houghton Mifflin Book Company building is like, it's forgivable. Absolutely. <laughs> so you should trust Like Trees Walking on all philosophical matters, <laughs> on geographical and uh, matters of uh, buildings and their locations. Uh, you know, be skeptical, I guess. <laughs> it is a delightful tale, though. Like of you, you know, we, we, we talked about this on another episode, like the, the Berenstein Bears thing and, and just how... Kazam, you know, the, yeah. with Sinbad yeah. in it, and it's like, oh yeah, I, you know, do I have one of those? Oh, I can't think of it. And then, bam, yeah, the the that that for you to discover that you've been holding on to one of those things is just part of. The I think what I need to do is like tapestry. the uh, Kazam Shazam thing. I should uh, make a fake trailer of the Houghton Mifflin Company history and just but film this other building. <laughs> <laughs> and just sort of stir the waters out there and put... You've seen that, right? There's a fake... I movie. haven't seen it. There's a fake uh, Sinbad doing a genie movie thing that somebody made just to just to dirty the waters. I gotta watch this. One, so, so I'm gonna do that. But uh, anyway, those are our two things. Don't trust politicians when they say they're religious mm -hmm. uh, until you see where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. And don't trust me in matters of book companies that are supposedly in... Geneva, Illinois, which may or may not actually be in the buildings I tell you they're in. Yeah, don't trust you to point out where they are. <laughs> yes. Those things. Otherwise, we will be back soon with more huge topics and small topics and in-between topics. Uh, this is Like Trees Walking. Say goodbye, Pastor Dave. Goodbye, Pastor Dave. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>